Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Two Planker Podcast. We're back in Ryan Barrick's RV. Yep. And we're going to interview Monty Wright, English bloke. We're waiting for him to come over. And uh, I'm going to say this. We have turned into the the most annoying versions of ourselves just running around (laughs) doing British accents after hanging out with this kid. Isn't it? So if you don't know him... About to find out. You're about to find out how, how strong his accent is. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? So you now we'll just kill some he's time. Changing right now. He's changing. I don't know if he's he thinks. Look good. I don't know if he thinks it's on video. <laughs> he probably does. But you know what? Can we video this? We could consider it. Is we it could okay? consider it. Is there any way you have a video camera? We could find a video camera. Um. What were the happenings of today, Tuan? Uh. Honestly, not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> We just, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even say this. We had this. an Urkaful day. I That's what we this. did. We're at Mammoth right now. Yeah, yeah new, new location. location. Yeah, new location. We're here all of July. Uh, I do not think this will be edited edited before we leave, so pull up if you're at Mammoth right now. Um, yeah. That's about it, man. Yeah, the setup's still firing if you're listening to this. <laughs> this Mammoth is fully open. It's mm-hmm. snowing. <laughs> And it's about the same camping setup we had at Hood, so... It's mint. It's mint. And now we're waiting for Monty. He's one of the slower blokes in our crew. I would say so. <laughs> Pretty slow, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> isn't it like? Hey, Monty! There we go. We got Monty walking in. Monty, we're already rolling, dude. Take a seat. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We edit it. Don't worry. Do you feel... You don't feel it? To feel what? Do you film it? No. No, we don't no, film it. No, no. Yeah, you're happy about that, no? Kind of. All right, I'm going to get your mic all set up. So. All right. You're going to want it like there. Like right here. Like right in your mouth. Like right here. All right, Monty. It's cracking. I'm really going to have to stop myself from doing a British accent during this, dude. It's going to sound ridiculous if we do it. So, tell everyone why you're at Mammoth right now. Well, you know, there's not much snow in Europe. Hasn't been for what seems like the last couple years, so gotta make the most of it. You know, the old Brexit got me pretty hard, so I can only spend 90 days in Europe now. So I gotta come find greener pastures. Of course, of course. Why don't you give us the whole rundown of Brexit? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So. Bunch of people got lied to, and now we can't spend any time there. This is about as much as you need to know. Yeah. So, where are you living right now? Let's do that. Instead of going back to the beginning, because we're going to go back to the beginning of your whole life story. But tell everyone oh, where you man. live and what the scene is like there. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. I live in a little seaside town in um, England called Whitstable. Um, been living there a few years. Grew up pretty close to there. Work maybe 20 minutes from there. Um... Yeah, all pretty chill. Not going to be living there for too much longer. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks. Um, yeah, moving away soon. Not quite sure where to. Probably just 
van life for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you live in Lax? Right yeah. Now, like during the winter? Winter time, Lax. Um, yeah, I've been based there for about eight years now. Got a really nice caravan set up in the woods. Um, nice big thing built on the side. So, yeah, yeah. it's a nice little home. It's home just permanently home. parked there? Just permanently there, yeah. Which was calm before Brexit and now yeah. not so easy to spend enough time there but it's can't yeah. give it up it's still too nice yeah <laughs> so who's your who's your crew over in lax you're the uh, first guest that that has even mentioned lax by the way we have no europeans son. so it's an damn honor son. um yeah crew in lax is good it's a it's a big like drop in drop out community there because a lot of people that do world cups and everything like that throughout the winter um kind of base themselves there but obviously they're traveling a lot of the time so you know people in the like from teams all over kind of dropping in and out of there and then you've got people that are part of the furniture that are there every year like you know you, you won't get around them and i've got a good group of boys from sort of scotland and england and stuff that are there all yeah. the time some live there all year round and that and yeah it's a nice little crew so yeah. good little area you want to give any shout outs um you told me you ha you've been hanging out with scrappy a lot oh yeah always big up scrappy scrappy's always uh He's he's becoming part of the furniture, like that's for sure. Like, yeah, big up Scrappy, yeah, and like big up all my my homies that I ski with. They think they know who they are, and yeah. like yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's a good that we're seeing. It's like it's. I feel like you come out here and you notice how much of a community it becomes. Though you know, I think somewhere some places in Europe can be a little bit more clicky and stuff than out here, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice to be in somewhere that's so open and stuff with the scene because it can get a little bit tiring seeing all the same heads that you yeah friends with that you're not really friends with <laughs> you're friends with like yeah. yeah speaking to someone you're friends with and not really friends with T tuan what would you like to know first about about monty give um, us something uh <laughs> Yeah. This man hasn't stopped asking me questions since I got here. Fine. What's your favorite color? That's a good one because I'm colorblind as fuck. Oh, yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah. You're colorblind. Yeah, super colorblind. Yeah. Yeah. Since, um, there's, since there's no video for this, it's important to know that if nobody knows what Monty looks like, he is covered in tattoos, neck, <laughs> neck tattoos. He looks like Mac Miller a bit. He's got a face tattoo, <laughs> dermal piercing, but all his tattoos. Are just in black it's just black ink there's no color yeah is that because you're colorblind or you just don't mess with colored tattoos no i'm kind of like a bit um anally retentive when it comes to putting colors together so i feel like if there was something permanently there i wouldn't be able to wear a t-shirt this color yeah yeah <laughs> you know because he's wearing would... a purple t-shirt you can't have like a i don't even know yeah like you know you can't have that color scheme going with like yeah, some crazy like orange colors. tattoo yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. you know it's kind of nice to have it that way around than the other way around. I feel like yeah, it's easier to do it that way for me. I know more people that have got color tattoos all over that wish they only had black ones and yeah, have all black tattoos or like oh yeah, wish there was some color in there like for sure yeah for sure it's never the way it goes. Dude, so tell us about dude tell us about your childhood. I feel like the tattoos is a natural transition. Yeah, so my folks have owned like a small chain of piercing and tattoo studios since. I was born sort of thing, Mama like had me on her back like in that shop like about a week after I was born sort of thing. So I proper grown up in piercing and tattooing. Um not mad involved in the industry because I feel again it can be a bit of a bit of a strange one, um, I think. So there's always been the kind of arms distance to that which has been nice, but 
yeah, all sort of transitioned into piercing a little bit when I was um, sort of 16 or so. Did that for a little bit. Um, and then when I was like 19 or so, 19, 20, started, I got an apprenticeship with one of the girls that was there. Shouts out Marley. Um, and yeah, kind of learned stuff like with her for like six months a year. Um, just doing all the simple stuff in the shop and that. And then you kind of just transition and start pushing yourself in when your sort of drawing level gets up there and your knowledge level gets up there and everything and yeah it's kind of it's a s slow burner of a thing to do but it's definitely one of the best ways to make money involving people that there is a thing you know it's nice to be able to send people out the door happy and everything like that and that's a pretty special thing to be able to do so yeah pretty stoked to be able to do that like dude let's focus on tattoos for a minute what is like someone walks in the store and they're like, hey, I want this tattoo. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this is the most basic thing you can get. Like, what's that? Like, what? I heard that hourglasses are like a stop, like those stopwatch looking things. I mean, it kind of comes down to it. It's like everything in this world is so subjective. Like, who am I to say, like, what's a piece of shit for your body? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So uh, you can advise and you can show nicer things and this and that and da 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 da. But like at the end of the day, some people are always going to want what they want. And like, if you don't do it someone else is gonna and you know some people might not have that attitude and would prefer to let them walk out the door but at the end of the day yeah everyone's here to make money you've got to do the things that you know you're not so keen on and yeah people might not think are so sick like and that leads you to the opportunity to do the nicer stuff you know if someone comes in like i would send people out the door you know you get a 19 year old comes in and they'll be like oh i want like honey on my neck and you're like what do you mean and they're like oh like the word honey and you're like oh cool like what does this mean and it's like oh it's my girlfriend's name you're yeah. like oh right like <laughs> been together for like two months or so and it's like no like four weeks and you're like yeah i'm not tattooing a fucking name on your <laughs> neck you know like so like that yeah. sort of thing that's where i draw the line you know like yeah girlfriend boyfriend's names of like young people again if you're married like who am i to judge your relationship and turn you yeah. out the door like you know but stuff like that you know and obviously there's the dumb stuff that people come in and they're just like yeah but what's the dumbest know. one you've gotten or like just one that's memorable one of the most memorable recent things that happened is like i was tattooing and like one of the girls that was downstairs she answered the phone like to someone and you just kind of overhear her and she's like oh yeah like that shouldn't be a problem no worries like let me just go talk to him like and she gets halfway up the stairs and she's like uh wait wait can you repeat that sort of thing like and then she's like got to the top of the stairs and she's like nah don't i don't think this is a thing like and like she's like let me just like she pulls her phone away fucking um and she's like there's a guy on the phone that's asked if you'll tattoo a chimpanzee and i was like i was like wait what like a like a photo of a chimpanzee like and she was like nah that's what i thought he meant like He's saying, like, can you come to his house and tattoo his chimpanzee? He's saying that, like, he's saying, don't worry, the chimpanzee will be, like, sedated and blah, 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 and it'll be all in the... I was just like... I was like, obviously not. I was like, get get that number down. Like, if you can, go report that number. Like, because it was either some crazy 
guy that's actually got a chimpanzee that's should definitely be in prison or it was like environmental health or something seeing if like trying to fuck with the terrorists in the area being like would anyone do this oh wow because i can imagine that's the sort of thing you'd be bored on like a tuesday and be like let's wonder if any terrorists would tower a chimpanzee yeah that's like because again like the weird tattoos i do like we all have weird tattoos when you have enough they don't they don't register but that like i don't think i'll ever forget that that's gonna be in my mind for a while like that is crazy it's pretty nice (laughs) (laughs) did he say what he wanted to draw on the chimp we didn't get that if i think if i was on the phone it would have been a lot more like a lot easier to kind of figure out what's going on yeah and i would have maybe got a bit more information or like you know even tried to get his address to like actually then report his address and not just like the number or whatever but yeah, that all happened kind of fast, and I was just there with a machine in my hand, just confused as fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. I've got customers there just giggling, like, and yeah. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. Do you feel like, so you have a face tattoo, which to me is a huge, a huge deal. Like, getting a face tattoo. But yeah. it's funny because you, you talked about this when we first mentioned it. Yeah, when yeah. I look at you straight on, I can't see it because yeah. it's right on your temple. But, anyways. <laughs> Did you notice that before you got the face tattoo and after, like people started looking at you differently? Like strangers, are they a little bit more intimidated? Because I feel like that's the common. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in England, like it's a very because you put yourself in a certain situation. Like, yeah, people are gonna be a little bit, but there's so yeah, it's so condensed. There's so many people, and there's so many tattoos, like head to toe on people, and some are so bad. Like, you know, I think the if you've got work that looks kind of nice, like people stop, they see through it a little bit more. Yeah. Feel like now, whole next tattooed and like, or like both sides of my next tattooed and face tattooed. I go to somewhere like Switzerland. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a, yeah, like old ladies cross the street and stuff like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but England's not too bad. Like, especially surrounding yourself with the people that come into the shop and customers and like, no one's gonna think anything of it but yeah no one's gonna think it's weird that their tattoo artist has a face tattoo yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but you go to some restaurant or something like that and like but yeah. then it comes with it just comes with the package you know if you if you dress all right and like you don't seem like you're gonna cause trouble like people don't care that much like, yeah but. do you ever get people asking you i mean we'll we can move on from tattoos soon it's so interesting dude do you ever get people asking you to do like gang tattoos or anything like uh not even, it doesn't even have to be like gang tattoos where just like something that you like don't feel comfortable drawing or like it could even be like a fucking swastika or whatever. Like do you get it do you get people asking you to do like over the line that, stuff? That's sort of stuff like for sure I'd like that's where I'd draw the line. Like yeah. I wouldn't like nothing if I like actively okay, there's like there's a level to like, you know, being in disagreement. Like, you know, you can like two people can have opposing views and they're not that gnarly, but it does get to a certain level where like you don't want yourself associated with anything like that and like the fact that they would do something like that to themselves like you don't like you don't want to spend time with these people you don't want to like and you're not in a you don't want them in your shop yeah you don't want them there like and you're not necessarily like in a position to like you know start trying to like fight these people or something like that you know like you just like you just get done like i would like i remember that one of the girls like in the shop she for ages was like i'm in an iron about wearing this t-shirt because she didn't think it was really work appropriate and stuff like that and then like 
the one day and it was like a t-shirt that just said fuck racist on it and like massive letters sort of thing and she was like nah today's the day I'm gonna wear this and yeah. it ha just so happened to be the day like some like neo-nazi wanted to get their like ear pierced or something like that in it and she was like fucking yes sorry like <laughs> I was just like just like presenting the t-shirt the whole time just like and then you get to hurt the person and send them on the way <laughs> like, that's wild yeah yeah but that's like different like yeah branding someone with something like a specific can't do that shit yeah like, for sure um no money's worth it do you yeah know what I mean? like, yeah all right last last tattoo question because i'm just wondering what's the uh covering up stuff you ever have to cover up like any other any person's bad work or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure oh it was kind of nice like recently what like uh maybe two months ago a month ago kind of got to go full circle one of my boys uh you know was one of the first people that let me tattoo him and like one of my best friends from back home shouts out cheat because yeah always cheat like but <laughs> yeah how fucking let me he let me like cover up like one of the first tattoos that i'd done on someone so like it was like a dodgy old microphone that i did on his ribs like and we covered it with a pretty sick dark coin stuff like that and you know something like that's like that's kind of nice for it to come full circle but yeah i do cover up so when people come into the shop and yeah kind of fix dodgyish work and stuff yeah. like that you know i don't like i don't mind doing that sort of thing like yeah. it's kind of <laughs> funny like well it is dude it is funny that you're covering tattoos because like we were at the bar the other night and immediately like how like are you pretty much always talking about them because that girl immediately was like oh here's my tattoo here's an idea i have of one and you're yeah. like yeah cool yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. lady <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't mind i don't mind talking about tattoos if it's like an interest in tattoos or like an interest in like the process or like there's a lot of surrounding stuff to it like you know if you're passionate about something you don't mind like talking about but it's like you know you don't need to hear these ideas from people that are like are never gonna ever get tattoo like yeah. and you, you're never gonna see him again and it's like the first and only thing that they'll speak to you about and yeah. like you can't do anything with these people like and yeah. it's like yeah <laughs> it's like fucking 2 30 night on a i'm on a night out and it just yeah. allow it like <laughs> but can't complain like you know yeah. it also gets like the ball rolling in the conversation like that you know so well, he just like, walks up and says hi i'm monty i'm british <laughs> and that's it <laughs> I mean, you have to add the british part like. yeah you just say you're, you just introduce yourself with your accent it's a cheat code dude this damn cheat code um all right let's switch it up the other day we were talking, and I think we stopped you mid-conversation, because <laughs> you said that, I think you dropped out of school at 14 years old. Yeah, I got kicked out when I was 14. All right, let's pick it up from where we left off. So, dude, you got kicked out of school Sound. at 14 years old. What happened? Um, what happened? Um, it was... The school kind of turned to shit. Like, you, we got this new headmistress that was like... She just, like, came in and changed every part of like why a lot of people chose that school sort of thing um so she was a bitch um basically yeah. um she'd done it to like three schools in the area she was like notorious for just coming in and ruining children's lives um so like you know obviously we were also like just you know kids or whatever like well was this thing. a private school or like what's the no, it's like, like public just school like, yeah, yeah public school like um well Public school? I think public school in England is technically private school. I think we switch it the other way around. But, like, private is still private, but... Yeah, like, no, it's just, like, a normal state normal school. Normal school, yeah. Paid yeah, for by government like, taxes, um, yeah. Yeah, and... 
Yeah, like, it, how did it all come around? Like, we had this graveyard that was, like, around the corner from the school, like, right next door, like, yeah. you know, so we used to, like, smoke in there in the mornings and, like, after school and stuff. And they kind of started picking up on this and, like, a few of us got excluded, like, one um, one day. We were meant to be going on, like, a school trip or something like that and, like, they came in and, like caught loads of us like i think this was a couple of weeks beforehand like caught loads of us smoking and didn't let us go on a school trip and sent us all home and blah 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 like so that was kind of so they were proper on the watch out for this like spot anyway so they were just always kind of there and like in this time like the headmistress had started she wrote a list like apparently one of the boys had like seen this list and it was like a list of like the kids that she didn't want at the school anymore effectively and that was a big fucking it was quite a big list like so they'd like sort of been catching us there and stuff like that and like we you know for whatever reasons like and then one day we were having this argument with the worst teacher that like uh, one of the worst teachers they ever had like shout out mr wood because he's a dickhead like um <laughs> And we were having this argument. It just wasn't going nowhere. And, like, it was just about weed. Like, you know, and you're having, like... You're an ignorant little kid arguing the, like, pure pros of it. And you've got some ignorant adult arguing all the negatives about it. So it's obviously going to... There's a middle ground to life. And, like, we, we probably should have been in that, probably. But, so, next day we come into school... And for, like we like touched the door and like like twenty five of us all got that were all kind of around and affiliated with each other and stuff like we all got ripped out a lesson like immediately like we touched the like all had our phones and bags taken off us and at that point I'm like right, I'm kind of fucked now like um and yeah they just separated us all day didn't really know what was going on forced us to write like. Do you know what I mean? G- giving us like statements to write and like making us write stuff like and like, f- do you know what I mean? Being like, this isn't enough. Like, here's a new one and stuff like. And this was going around and so and this was fuck. This was like four or five hours deep into the day. You know, no idea what's going on still. And then like individually, and we like there's only one or two of us in each room. They'd like fully split the twenty five of us up or whatever. And then. I think they might have in that time like searched our bags maybe but they like phoned the police in um, and because I think they maybe had to search like bags with like police present um, you know like called like our parents in and stuff like that and yeah went through my bag and I, you know there was a lot of statements saying that I was selling weed like I, I will to this day say I wasn't like because I wasn't like but fucking people are going to say what they were going to say. So there was a lot of, like... And I just had, like, what, like, maybe five grams of weed, four grams of weed. Like, not a lot at all, like... That was all, like, search for. Police was, like, fucking fuming. And then they were, like, had a discussion or whatever. And police wanted to, like, take me down to the station and, like, process me and everything for, like, selling weed and, you know, being in possession and everything. But I think we've got a weird little loophole like where if it happens on school property and it's not like over a certain degree yeah like they school can actually take the authority of it kind of thing so they can make the choice of which way it goes and because of like the opportunity to come away and stuff like that like you know it was the only probably decent thing that that headmistress did like at least while I was around and she was like you know 
just take it as you being like completely kicked out and blah 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 and instead of like going that way because she did appreciate that I wouldn't be able to come to like America and stuff like that if that was on there so that was kind of and that kind of followed into a pretty crazy like few months of life from there like which yeah that's probably for another time in it but yeah that's uh yeah yeah that was a interesting period and yeah and then I didn't go back to school um just because had the opportunity to be away was already sort of doing the sort of you know wrong stuff like and folks at that point were just like at least my ma but yeah my folks were just like it's gonna be better to just get him the fuck out of this like town and shit and we just let him go skiing like because education and shit's always there your body's not like you can't be young if you're gonna fucking fuck about you might as well go do it in the mountains and not in like some shitty little city like and so that was like a that was like a blessing my mom always said that like life kind of changed from that day i don't think school was ever set up for someone like me (laughs) like yeah you know so uh What's your family like? Mom, dad, you got any siblings? Ma, dad, sister, and sister's just had a baby, so. Oh, sick. Your uncle. Uncle Monty. Let's go. Uncle Monty, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, a nice little small family. Yeah, a few, yeah. like, uncles and stuff like that, but yeah. uncles, aunts, but yeah, pretty yeah. pretty small little tight-knit family. So, what were your parents like growing up? Like, because they're tattoo artists, so, like, I'm just thinking in terms, like, like, oh, you got busted with weed. Were they, like, super upset about that? Or, like, just, like, what was their general personalities like? I think, like, I think, you know, I I mean, I got suspended from, like, growing up, they were always doing different stuff, you know? They're, like, kind of hustlers. My mum is, like, a pretty, like, through-and-through hustler. She won't money doing whatever, you know? So, it was, like, a stream of different companies, like, doing different stuff. Like, they had, like... When I was growing up, they were transitioning from selling vintage clothes into their own clothing company and stuff like that. And they had quite a big shop in Canterbury that was like a sex shop, clothing, vintage, piercing. So it was like a couple floors, had a few staff. They ran a majority themselves. And then they started getting into piercing like really early days. And my dad was like, you know, like through and through the piercer of that company for like, you know, 20 years sort of thing you know yeah. like um and she ran the whole company um like through and through uh trained people did some piercing did some tattoos early days as well but um then yeah then started bringing in artists to like work in the shop because it was such a busy environment so they was that was like pretty cool but yeah there was just like there was so much stuff going on so it wasn't like i just kind of realized that working for yourself and stuff gives good opportunity like they yeah. got to have time off together and go do some stuff and you know not yeah. not be tied to someone else which is kind of like that was a nice thing to grow up seeing um definitely makes you not want to be in that little box like as working well. for someone yeah <laughs> yeah you know um but it was a nice like it was a nice unit like for you know i mean yeah like yeah. it was a, it was a interesting family. Like for sure, I think we well, were. Well, that's quite, just such a crazy environment to grow up in. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were quite, like a lot was very, very, very unique. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of times like, you know, 
I think a lot less would have broken fa- a lot of families, you know. Yeah. So to still be the sort of unit that like we are and stuff yeah. like at this point, like is you know says something surprising and yeah says something for sure like it's yeah yeah, i think that in itself can yeah can be quite a powerful powerful thing for a family as well so that's kind of nice like um but can't ask for really more out of like folks are the best like yeah for sure what a crazy yeah dude what a crazy environment to grow up in when i picture england i picture very prim and proper so when i hear about a family that owns a sex shop and a tattoo and piercing shop yeah. like were your neighbors horrified of you guys i mean i think like <laughs> like the sex shop part like when me and my sister were like at school i think that started to become like that started to, and you know and it was all right when we were actually young yeah but then my sister's six years older than me i think okay. when she got into high school and whatever. Yeah, when she started getting into, yeah, like, sort of secondary school and that was a thing, like, I think our folks were like, yo, maybe that's, like... Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is a bit much. Now, I got, uh, I actually got suspended, like, from school when I was, uh, I think I was maybe four or five years old because they used to have, like, these sex voucher booklets that you'd... Do you know what I mean? You'd give to your, like, partner as, like, a joke on Valentine's yeah. Day or something like yeah. that. But I just seeing fucking naughty cartoons and I'm like, ha ha, I've got to show them. So I take these va- this voucher book in and, like, yeah. get that found. I think that might have had something to play because, do you know what I mean? When you're, like, yeah. five, six-year-olds getting, yeah. like, <laughs> suspended for, like, yeah. s- like sexual material that age. Like, yes, like, you're like, maybe we either have to keep this under wraps or maybe we can just continue to do all the other stuff that we're doing and yeah. maybe t- take a back burner on yeah. that but that was always funny growing up with like all the old fucking stock about the house yeah. and stuff you know like <laughs> yeah. did your boys ever ask you to hook them up like yo grab me one of them grab me one of them fake butts and oh, bring, it, bring it to school like, tomorrow <laughs> I, I, I remember i remember like when we like uh must have been like maybe 14 or 15 or something at this point and like getting super stoned in the garden like driving around the lawnmower like throwing like like rubber vaginas at each other and stuff <laughs> like that just like <laughs> so jokes and like yeah but i think yeah one or two of the boys definitely took one of those those home and had their way with them but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny dude um all right, we'll get this back on track. So <laughs> the skiing, because okay, so you when you dropped out of school, yeah, your first thing is I'm going skiing. So let's yeah. reverse, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah, how'd you first get into it? Because England, yeah, ain't that hilly. Pretty flat, especially down southeast corner where I'm from. There's really not a lot going on. Um, so I was just like family holidays, really. Um, you know, once, twice a year sort of thing. We used to go to Chamonix quite a lot. So like, you know, we drive down in an RV. Pretty much bang on size to this. Like we, my folks used to import them from um, America, and we used to use them for like a year or two, and then they'd sell them for like the same in pounds as dollars. So they'd make money on you that just, sort of thing. So we used to just yeah. use those to go for holidays. So we'd go pitch up in the in the like swimming pool in Chamonix, and that was like that was skiing really to me for like best part of like I started skiing maybe f- four or so. And we would have started doing that maybe six, seven, and that was like that for like maybe five years or so. And then did a ski camp. Um, I had my nine, uh, my tenth birthday in Lax, like on my first like, sort of freestyle camp. 
like um which was pretty sick um like uh and yeah after that camp i was just like met some people that were kind of involved with the scene understood like what was going on a little bit understood that there was like you know maybe not like loads going on but there was definitely like there was a scene of some description um i then broke my ankle by falling out a tree pretty bad had an operation and stuff so i didn't ski until i was like 12 from there and then that was kind of it i went on the british free ski camps that were like they were run like very well at the time um there was like a really good scene for that so i spent like a month out in sasfe with with the camps and met like you know met half the boys that like are still some of my best friends to like this day met a bunch of people um and that was kind of yeah started going from there then folks were trying to figure out like how to get a bit more time on snow like outside of like like a holiday or so like so for the year so i then went to like um they contacted like a, a race company that was based out in um chamonix and like asked if i could effectively like because they did school in there and then they let them go race so they asked if like we found someone that I could ride with that wasn't a part of them if I could come use them for like schooling and kind of so I did that for six weeks when I was like 12 no 13 or so and that was like I feel like that was like a big thing and they were like yeah that's fine but he will have to ride with us like one two days a week so that was like super good for my skiing in general so I did sort of six weeks of that and then yeah like I think then I got picked up, got sponsored, first sponsor, um, for skis and that, and yeah, then you just start like competing at like the Brits events and stuff, which yeah. still running now, good way to kind of get through stuff in the UK, you know, like start understanding some contests and start meeting some people, so did that after, and then yeah, just that's that's kind of like that was kind of the basis of getting into skiing for me like i still did a bunch of dry slope stuff and indoor stuff but like i'm quite in far in the southeast corner and there's really not a lot there so you know shouts to my folks for taking me places like around the country and that because yeah there's like really fuck all else like that i could have done in those sort of down times um and then yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of the, like, entry point, and then, yeah, went to Canada for the first time with my ma, like, for a few weeks, which is, like, sick, and that was, like, first introduction to, like, oh, shit, this is, like, these are fucking jumps, this is, like, you know, like, you know, there's, like, a, there's a difference, it's, like, Disneyland sort of thing, you know, yeah. and that was, like, you start actually doing stuff at that point, because... Yeah, you've not seen stuff like that. You get all excited, and yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, wow, man, damn. Uh, who were uh, this is interesting? Yeah, because like, who were your influences growing up? Were you super into like the American scene, or were, did Europe have its own scene that you were super into? I mean, I think because the UK scene's so small, you know, my introduction to like proper freestyle like was being coached by like james woods like woodsy paddy graham like they were the coaches for the british free ski camps at that like for the summer and stuff because they were still riding themselves and like you know so 
I mean, you you know, when you're 12 or so, like, and you're riding with those sort of people, it's obviously like you. It's like you want to be them, yeah. It's a you know, you've got a big influence there immediately, and then like you're always kind of like you've. It's not completely out of like the realm. I feel like you know, pro to like an American is like still. It's like out of your grasp it's not out your grasp but like they seem far away because the scene's so massive you've all got your own stuff going on whereas like scene's so small there that you can be just inspired by all of the like you know when i was 14 i went out to like brick um with i was like the youngest person in the house by like good few years um good few years uh and like they were what I think the other young, then the next youngest person would have been like 18 and then like, I think up to like 25, 26, you know, so all of these people as well, like, I looked up to all of them because they were, you know, older, yeah. sicker, like just doing their thing and stuff like that, you know, so there was like, there was enough to be inspired by, but then outside of that, you know, it was like step movies, they were always like, they were the, the ones for me and then obviously Henrik, B-Dog, like Tanner, yeah. Mike Hornbeck and stuff like that, like they were big, big, like big influences, you know, especially then the sort of transitioning to being like on Armada at like 14 or so, still very, yeah, you know, malleable of mind, like those people to look up to were like a very, very solid and yeah, they were kind of, they were, that was all I really like, all I really watched in skiing for yeah like a while you know like yeah. I never I've never watched too much in some ways like yeah. um but yeah I don't know Tom Wallish and Tanner I'd say they're the two like Americans really that like and I think they are pretty obvious yeah. influence on the sport you know to yeah, like Tom Walsh everyone. and Tanner Hall. Like, yeah. holy crap, very obscure influences. Yeah, yeah, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, did you say... I mean, we, so, when we first saw you, you were actually hanging out with Tanner. Was that the first time you met him? Yeah, first time I met him. Just uh, seems like a boy, like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty chill, like, good to... Yeah, good to, good to see him still loving life yeah. and loving skiing and... Yeah. Yeah, it's sick man. Like to see him off a screen doing his thing, it's like it's cool and yeah, yeah. riding with him is a bit of a Yeah. Yeah. Surreal moment. But Trip, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you say hi to Tom today? We saw Tom today. I did not say hi to Tom today. He's nervous. I'm he's nervous. Little, he's I'm a little nervous. nervous. People gotta do their thing in it as well. Like he's I also like, working, yeah. yeah he's on the working mountain. way more than Tanner was. Yeah, 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 on the mountain to me, like that's when you know, if I see you in a parking lot, look at me saying fucking parking lot. If you see, it, <laughs> if I see you in a car park, yeah, <laughs> like, um, like I'll come say hello to you or whatever. But on the mountain, I yeah. feel like everyone's doing their own thing. Like, yeah, you know, even speaking to your homie on the mountain, sometimes you can be like dropping, like yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's like that. Me and Tuan just follow you around all day, harassing you, and that. In, in there, yeah but that gi gives you a life along the way as well you know yeah yeah because uh, it's like you, yeah it, it you know if someone like if you're friends or whatever and it's like one or two but like when you're someone like that has that much influence on such a small community like up on the mountain like it'd be so easy to spend your whole day just having someone come up to you being like 
you're a skier and you're like yeah yeah you're like, yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> like you know like you just want to you're all up there for the same reason so let's go do it like. yeah exactly <laughs> damn bro <laughs> is there any uh just thinking about the british scene are there any like uh classic crews from england or like you know like the urban movie from england that's yeah. like that are like classics that's like must watch must know about i mean there hasn't been loads come out like you know of the uk like when i was kind of coming into the scene the one kind of main production company that was in the uk was kind of like you know they were kind of reaching whatever point that they had with skiing and they were transitioning into different parts of their life and you know more working in the industry instead of like riding for it kind of stuff so i that was a production company called unity productions that was sick we did some really cool trips like especially the last couple of years we went up to like scotland got like you know basically a private mountain like for the last two weeks of the season up at glencoe and they built us some like features and they were going on trips um to like poland and stuff like that and you know getting all involved in that but they were running those for a good few years and i was just in sort of maybe the last one maybe last two of them um but some of those movies are are super cool especially for what especially for the time where they were made like they in my opinion were like on par with you know a lot of movies that were coming out the boys shred you know the good set of boys and like some of those were like the reason that i got on amada and stuff like that they were the sort of through people to Armada and um, they were riding for him at the time and so was the production company they worked hand in hand and stuff like that so that was all that was pretty cool and they they had a big they had a big influence you know they were running contests in the UK and like movie nights and stuff and something like that is like definitely lacking in the UK scene now I think there is still I think there is a scene because I do occasionally go up to snow domes and I you know every so often like the last like few summers I've tried to go to every snow dome in the uk like at least like once or twice and just sort of had a nosy around and see what's going on and i'm always surprised at the level of riding for sure like it takes you by surprise but doesn't seem like that community or there's like uh doesn't seem like there's i don't want to say ringleaders to it but like doesn't seem like there's you know the few people where there's like direction going in that you know i think it's kind of it seems like they're kind of lo- like it seems a bit of a lost community at the moment, which be nice when it finds its feet again. Yeah, damn, that's uh, you don't see much coming out of there. No. Like, and when I first met you, I asked if you were the dude that does the broken slides with yeah, the yeah, grab. Yeah, kill him off in. Yeah, shout out kill him off in. Let's go. Yeah, he's so dope. Yeah, for sure, for sure. One of the only media riders like effectively yeah. in the UK, and it goes to show like if you've got a snow dome next to you or a dry. So I, another one I'll give shouts out to is Ro, um, Ro Emery. Like those two for not really getting any time on snow like throughout the year and stuff like that. Like they're two of the only people that actually put out content like that and it's like it's cool to see you know because it does go to show you don't have to go away the whole time um it's a proper shame like um brayhead where killer muffin rides is just shut down and i think he's kind of petitioning for that shit to come back because that is a shame like that was the only one in scotland there's good dry slopes there but that was the only snow dome um and yeah, I mean, there's one not too far south, but Scotland's, like, probably got the strongest and best 
scene and involvement with each other and stuff like that out of the whole of the UK. So for them to lose the snow dome there is definitely, definitely a shame. Like that's not, not, not fun. Like, dude, that's sad to hear that the UK scene is just like a drift SC right now with like no direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just flowing it makes sense though it's so yeah. flat dude i think as well like you know um i think the the it got a little bit muddled um in when um the olympics kind of came in because because it's quite a small scene um there are people that were running a lot of the camps and everything like that instead of being the sort of foot in the door to the industry that was super useful you know for everyone and for there to be that base they became part of gb and that got lost and then the team kind of got lost as well so then there was not really anything left because both sides had been kind of burnt a little bit and you know there's still there's still a couple of people coming through like for sure like i'm sure you'll see a lot of them especially a couple of the girls coming through ski and snowboard but you know yeah yeah it's tough (laughs) yeah it's tough like and i don't i don't envy the people like that are trying to run this shit but i don't really envy people yeah trying to orchestrate vast amounts of people in any job like no it's tough yeah all right let's mix it up what is a uh so you mentioned that London got some snow, very rare. Mm-hmm. Do you have a dream spot in London? London um, town, isn't it? So a couple of years ago in COVID, in lockdown, um, was the first time I've been in the UK for winter in like 10, 12 years, something like that. Yeah. So that was kind of special. A lot of snow came. Um, just so happened that like I didn't really... I was meaning to get my wick, uh, winch kind of up and running, and I wasn't expecting it to snow like this in England. So forgive me, like <laughs> you know, like he dropped the ball. I yeah. dropped the ball super hard, like. <laughs> but um, there was this spot that um, it's uh, the, it's like a really historic. It's the city wall to Canterbury, and Canterbury is like one of the you know, oldest main, it's like the head of the Church of England, I think. Is of course, Canterbury. dude, we read Canterbury Tales. Canterbury Tales, yeah. In high school. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the worst thing we had to read. Yeah, it was so brutal. For sure. Yeah. But these, like, <laughs> these city walls that all of this nonsense happened within, yeah, like big high ones that used to shoot bow and arrow off and stuff, like, been looking at them for a long time, yeah. never thinking I'd ever be able to, I think to, like, people in general have been looking at them for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah for like sure. Like hundreds yeah, yeah, of Yeah, 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 like a really, they've been looking at it for a while, like, you know. Scoping um, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them might have even been as scared as me looking at it. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But, yeah, when it snowed, there's, like, a, there's a mound um, that's that just so happens to have a, a very small pile. And when I say that this doesn't have a land and this is, like, this is, like, a, you know... 30 40 foot drop like off this city wall nearly to flat yeah and i did this thing maybe six times to try and like ride away from it properly and my legs were just slowly going through me i couldn't actually walk for like about three four days i was like yeah. you know holding the walls trying to get up the toilet and that like yeah. it was, oh, damn. It was yeah. like really bad i couldn't like walk for like a yeah. couple because i wasn't i hadn't rode for a couple years because of everything that was going on and then yeah trying to do that basically is one of the first things back to riding in 
a couple of years was probably not the like yeah. so I've still got I've still got that shot and that was like I've been looking at that for years walking along this city wall for years going oh, I may just drop off this like yeah you know? other than that like not really like there is a few around but I feel like you can't get too excited because it's not like scoping spots where you know there's going to be snow yeah because you'd be looking at this for a really long yeah, time like, and yeah. it just never ever happened yeah or England's so weird it would be like you get snow in an entire city and the one rail that you want to hit will just have rained in that 100 meter radius or whatever and yeah. it'll be nothing like oh wow it was yeah, yeah. interesting little weather system we have interesting <laughs> in me- in me- witches yeah for yeah. sure witches like. <laughs> oh my god England's so I love England dude yeah and there are a few times it's just it's so interesting so many damn people live in such a small area Sure. And you guys all sound so different from one another. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. But then again, like I spend a lot of time in Switzerland, and this is, this is all this is always messed because they speak like four languages in Switzerland. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy for one country to speak like. What's What's the fourth? It's English, it's like German, no, English, German, German, French, French Italian. Then, oh no, sorry, not English. German, French, Italian, and I believe it's called Romanche. It's like a combination of like all three kind of thing there might be one or two more dialects floating around as well but it's kind of it's quite spread out it's not comparable but i'm always like imagine if london was split into four languages the carnage that would fucking yeah happen in that brutal it would like yeah, yeah it would be crazy and then you just spend time in a country where the the people have to you know speak english because they do speak english in reality because you know yeah. you do occasionally meet two people both from switzerland that like have just yeah. only learned the one language or both learned the wrong one or something and yeah. they have to talk in english because that's they're both that's their closest language to each other you know yeah. so that's kind of weird that's Dude, weirder than the accents changing from like yeah. county to county and town to town for me because well, that just I, seems normal at this point you know yeah i like, want to ask you something about that yeah all right Call out time. This yeah. is for the English listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what city in England has the worst accent? <sighs> like you're listening to the talk, you're like, oh Jesus Christ! Someone shut this guy up. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard. Like it is kind of hard. Um, and it's gonna sound kind of generic, but like Birmingham accents that, are kind of. That's bit, what I've heard yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. they're not like. How do they sound? Can you do a Birmingham impression? No, but it's... Come on, do, give do, us do, one. Like, honestly, once you hear it, after I... Uh, like, play that noise again, and then you can yeah. hear it, and you're... Yeah. Like, it's like, I can't do it with words, but I can do it with sounds, yeah. and that's all you feel like you hear sometimes as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's interesting, and I don't want to, like... I, I like accents, you know? Like, yeah. I like hearing them, like quite a lot if it had to if i had to pick maybe birmingham maybe that like yeah yeah yeah. some places you go like it's not so much the accent more the individual with the accent that you want them to shut up (laughs) (laughs) so i got the flip side for you yeah so listen all the british ladies i i guarantee you zero will be listening to this unless it's your family or close friends yeah british ladies every single act british accent sounds good on a woman but like what's your favorite what's your favorite accent like if like if someone's talking to you like oh i could listen to you say anything to me because it's that because it's that awesome what from 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 the uk and then we could do Uh, international okay 
Um, because some of you are are right, prim and proper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah very posh. Like, yeah, there's something quite calming about um, like uh, like a kind of soft-spoken Scottish lady. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, yeah. yeah. I fi- find like a lot of people like Irish accents. I don't know why I find them patronising, but. <laughs> Stop talking to me like that. Like, no, I'm joking, but like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, not not therefore. That's that's a me problem. You yeah, know? like, um, but, so what about but, yeah. out, what about outside the UK? Like, what what worst accent, best accent outside the UK? I've heard a couple shockers out here, to be honest. Really, like, <laughs> in America? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard. I, it all comes down to who's saying it, you know. Yeah. I, you could eat up a horrible accent if it comes from the right person. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, dude, I feel like we're off the ra- we're off the rails, just wandering around in the woods right now with this with the direction of this interview. I don't really think that the, you. I think you should have expected this. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we've been asking you all week, anyways. Um, no, this is dope. This is, I mean, dude, I just love <laughs> cultural differences are so, dude, they're so interesting. And Monty's such a homie. And, you know, like three days ago. Yeah, we've only known each other for like 72 hours or something like that. I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens this year, though, you know? Like, yeah. a few little common interests, like, break down some barriers, and then all of a sudden you're boys forever. Which yeah. Is like a, it's just a level of trust. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a question for you we didn't talk about so you made it to super unknown finals at some point in your life right yes i did yeah, yeah. so what age was that i was 21 okay. yeah um so that was four years ago right yeah, you're four years ago yeah. um um and who are you riding with at the finals like who else was in it that year who else was there yeah blake wilson won that year which okay. i think he was kind of like you know i think it made a lot of sense i think it also took because he hadn't been in a park supposedly like for you know like two seasons or so but he was just like throwing it down the most consistent like throughout the week you know and i think i think everyone would have put him like at some point in their voting thing just for the sheer yeah you know shock value of him like smashing it all week and then yeah ended up winning um but yeah uh anton linden was there swedish guy um yeah a guy called andrin um I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his surname. He's yeah. from Switzerland and he's an absolute yeah. legend. You know, he's such a nice guy. Um, a few other people, Dane Kirk, um, like Jonas Cipolla, okay. um, Carson Kerr. Um, oh, he was in it that year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it was funny as fuck. Like it was a good, it was a good week. Don't get me wrong. Of like, course, dude. You guys are partying hard. Yeah, to a point. Like, you know, I was fucking, honestly, like for the, for the longest time that Super Unknown was a thing, like that I was watching for years, I didn't, I didn't ever know that they actually went to a location, like, yeah, to like film a week. I thought it was just a, I thought it was a purely, in, it was a production company. I thought it was just an edit contest. So yeah. I always watched these like edits, like, never really. So when I got it in my head, I'm gonna go. Like, I just wanted to get to like the finals of like and then i actually clocked on to the fact like you know i was like oh shit this is like an actual event you know so just kind of making the edit for me was like you know when you kind of reach your goal and you're like well that was what i was doing i was making this edit like what like what am i doing now like and then i got there i was like pretty jet lagged like in my opinion the person who probably could have won that week or maybe should have like 
one if he got all of his days is Yona, like the Scandi guy, um, Rise for Armada. He's an absolute animal, but like he was like completely bedridden. Like he was so sick for like half the week, and like I feel like half of us like were we were just like I feel like it, we were just run down. Didn't seem like just what, any from of us. Traveling or did you guys I think, get sick or I think what? so. It was like the most international crew that they'd like ever had. Like we'd come from like all corners of the world. Like and I think it was just it's kind of like a lot when you're not, you know, you're not taking care of yourself and you're doing stuff and you're staying up late and that. Like it's yeah. so it was a it was an interesting week for me. You know, yeah. like but I was kind of I was deflated after the edit if I'm being perfectly honest. And then I also like there was like one trick I had well in mind like for going there. And after I got that, I got it as well. And I was like, oh, it's happened again. Like, <laughs> like shit, what do I do shit, now? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck do I do now? Like, yeah, yeah it's interesting. But I was also like, I feel like at that point, I was at a bit of a, I was kind of a bit of a strange relationship with skiing, <laughs> like, as well, you know? Yeah. Kind of, you, you're trying to force yourself to do some stuff sometimes, like, instead of just riding for riding's sake. And I think... Yeah getting back to riding for riding's sake is a really important thing to do with yeah. skiing because you can get to some of like the places that you really want to be and all of a sudden you're actually you don't really give a fuck like which yeah sucks sometimes you know so dude no that's super real like you're working for a goal and then you're like yeah well i got that and it ain't even that good like mm. but that too okay but it is you it know, is, but, but it's, it is, like but it's not what you like, expected. Yeah, it's like, well, like, what do I even want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've done something to yourself instead of just like allowing yourself to just enjoy skiing for like what? Skiing sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's like. So you and you got sponsored by Armada at fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Dude, yeah, I think that's Armada, like the like my Flanagans, first, dude. You guys are super young. Yeah, my my uh, my first Armada ski was their like ten year anniversary, like yeah. AR seven oh. sort of thing. They're like red yeah. and black. The Armada one, so that was yeah. sick, you know, and I think they've just hit 20 years as well, so wow. pretty, pretty, pretty long time, Mike, yeah, yeah. pretty nice one, yeah, like, amazing company, that was always, like, the dream, you know, that was, like, I've hit, like, a few of those little ones, like, however big or small that they've been, it's, like, it's been nice to be a part of something that I can say that I've hit some of those, like, dreams, because yeah. Armada's definitely been the the company for a lot of people i think you know yeah of course um, talk about a big name getting yeah. sponsored by them yeah and i just got a i just got a 14 year old on the team from england as well oh sick. So, I'm so you're giving it back now yeah giving it back like so yeah. that's exciting to yeah it's exciting to see exciting wow. to see some stuff come have you guys done so obviously they like you're i mean you're riding all your whole kit's Armada, pretty much, besides your personal brand, which maybe we could talk about if you want to. But like, have you have you guys done like a European crew, like movie? Like, have you? What's the extent of like your involvement with what they've been doing? So like, I've do, I've had like communication with them over the years and stuff like that. Like, I do work in a bit of a like middle ground, I think. Um, but I went on like a product shoot with them, like yeah. with like Cora and Quinn and yeah. like Kimbo and stuff like that. Um. That was like super sick, and that was like they got me out of, they got me out of England during COVID. Like yeah. at that point, they like did like some paperwork and everything like that, and that got me for the first time out in like, even out of the house in like six, eight months or whatever. Europe you know, crazy. so like yeah. that's like that was like a fucking. That I, I was ready to like at that point I was like really like pretty much ready to like never ski again you know and then like yeah. just randomly had a thing of like 
like in a week or two do you want to come do like this product shoot and stuff like out and um absolute and i was like fucking yeah. let's go you know so that was like nice like after being on the um team for a while you know but i also like i kind of lost like direction you know i wasn't sure if i wanted to compete wasn't sure if i wanted to like film didn't know the the and yeah. then yeah yeah super unknown kind of blew that back to maybe people want to see some stuff and then yeah covid and brexit came and yeah shat all over that really and yeah. then i don't want to use that as any sort of excuse because you know people have still been doing their thing you know but i think especially in the uk a lot of my friends that like i've grown up skiing with and stuff like that they've just got stopped riding now as well you know and for different reasons i think some of them resent the sport i think some of them just don't see a point in it i think you know some people like kind of lost touch with a few things and it's kind of nice to still be it's kind of weird to like be one of the like, it's like last old man heads, like yeah. you know, of like it now, and it's like don't know if it should be that way just yet, like you yeah. know, but like yeah, it's like you're the last man standing, but like a few years too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah like almost. you're only 25, and all of a sudden you're the old head. Like yeah. that's not the case at all over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there's like that one thing that keeps bringing you back in. Yeah, like, for sure. It just happens. It's not something you plan or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the way. Yeah, and what it's keeps like, you like? I mean, you're like one of the last guys standing from England. Like, what? I think for me, it's like I don't think because like the contest route and everything like that. That was never like interesting. I don't think I'll ever look back and be like, oh no, like why didn't I push to try and go to the Olympics or anything like that? That's never gonna. Yeah. But like knowing what I can do on skis and like knowing my like day to day like potential, I think it's like a shame to not have like a like a really solid like project or two to kind of step like away from yeah. that I can like have and look back or like at some point because I feel like not having that would be the thing that like so I have been slowly over the last like year or so kind of gathering shots but every time I get them I like I outdate them and stuff and just by I've doing just something been, better yeah. yeah and I've just been getting like I've just been getting what feels like back into skiing to this level you know because like having like a few years off like and then only getting 90 days in Europe not vaccinated so this is my first like only two weeks ago oh no only like a month ago could i've even come to america yeah you know wow, so like yeah. couldn't use that as an option europe was like shut down so i go for you know a month to three months like the last year or two but you know you don't want to go and start shooting like urban when you've not rode for years yeah. and that'd be like the f that'd be your like step back into skiing yeah so then i go use my like 90 days or like my only 30 days left for the season which has been for the last like couple of years like can't go use that to try and yeah. shoot a project and ride street because you know like i'm f i don't f bounce anymore you know it takes yeah. me recovery time it takes me time to get back into stuff and yeah like to just go do that so i but i feel like my grounding now i've like really kind of put a lot of groundwork kind of back in for skiing i think mentally more than anything which has been important and i think for the season coming like i should just be able to smash this project out without like any real drama because i think yeah. i've really i've like clocked into where i can be at what times and like like actually yeah. made a plan like it's like only having like a having a time scale to everything i'm doing is like really forced me into having to like sort out my life a little bit and figure out where i want to be at what points and yeah now i've like smoothed that out and had the time to do that i think 
just putting it into action so it's kind of nice it gives you drive to go make some money it gives you drive to go spend it all doing nonsense so yeah can't ask for more dude <laughs> what a deep cut of an episode dude yeah. yeah like for real i think we could end it at that dude there's so many great things like we could have talked about jib league or whatever but we've been going for an hour i think that's good nice some kid's gonna listen to this and be like can you believe that monty is on this like it's so, especially <laughs> since you've taken some time off skiing super random super deep cut Stoked. but uh dude i cannot wait to see that yeah yeah that's gonna be super sick uh would you? Did you want to say something? You're just yeah. Okay. Uh, one viewer question yeah. from the audience. We don't want to. We don't want to mess this up. Tuan, what do you have to say? Uh, what's the name of your clothing brand? Oh, it doesn't really. I kind of rep with my name in it. So, like, my name is Monty Wright. Um, brand is kind of just comes under Wright. Spell it. W R I T E. Um, and that's kind of I go under Mr. Wright. I make music. There'll be like music coming with that project. There'll be clothes. It will be coming like under a nice little package of, you know, a little explosion of creativity, hopefully. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Dude. Ryan, you got any of your questions for him? Any quick hitters? Pass that over to him. I don't really got any questions, but just the past couple of days hanging with Monty, he's a special person for sure. Yeah. Thank you. I do appreciate that. You boys are sick as well. Thank you for welcoming me into your little campsite and that. It's, it's yeah. sick. It's sick. Yeah. Dude, that was awesome. Thank you, Monty. That was, no, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. A lot of fun. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out for the Monty Project. Mr. Wright on Instagram. He's the truth. His clips are insane, dude. So- road yeah just go just check him out dude monty's the fucking truth all right you guys peace out safe (laughs)